0: Here we come, yo. Here we go. on Here we come, yo. Here we go. Here we come, yo. Here we go. What's going on now? Here we come, yeah, Here we go. Bust around, nigga. Here we go.
1: Flip mode, nigga. Here we go. Neptunes, nigga. Here we go. Once again, my niggas, here we go. Come on, guess who's back in town. Bitches, get on the dance floor and put your shit on down. From miles around, the with Flip a brand new side. The most hot shit all around. So how to make a bitch when they give me your bag. Fall on the ground. Come up, roll up a backwood and
2: stay, steam the baby coming way we come in your town. See we control up our now, nigga. Give me
1: Yes, people. Welcome to another episode of Echo Chamber. We got the film news and the film reviews. So, um, you ready for the UK top 10 for the weekend of the uh, oh what was it? The sixth to the eighth of March? Uh-huh. Okay. So at number 10. It's Emma at number nine. Riverdance, the 20th anniversary show. <laughs> at number eight, it's Too Little. At number seven, it's Bloomhouse's Fantasy Island. At number six. Dark Water At number 5 It's Parasite At number 4 We've got Sonic the Hedgehog At number 3 It's Military Wives You can go back to last week's episode For the review of that one At number 2 It's The Invisible Man And straight in at number 1 We've got Onward so this week we've got two reviews And a couple of interviews It's going to be fun So um, yeah, sit back and enjoy Before we get to those though We've got a little something else People, if you live in Boston And you live close by Or you have um, some holiday that you want to use up. You will be pleased to know that the 22nd annual Boston Underground Film Festival will be taking place on the 25th to the 29th of March at the Overtake Cambridge. Um, Yeah, it is... um, You know, it's going to be jam-packed of genre-heavy juggernauts of um, Stendhalian Cinemania. Uh, Yeah. And it's the 22nd edition. So, um, hey, it must be good because there's been that many. Right? So... During the festival, you're going to have the premiere of Deerskin. Uh, This is from Quentin Dupois. And it's about a man's obsession with his designer Deerskin jacket. Which causes him to blow his life savings and turn to crime. Then there's Dinner in America. Um, This is an East Coast premiere. It's from director Adam Rayner And it's about an On the lawn On the lamb punk rocker And a young woman obsessed With his band Unexpectedly fall in love And go on an epic journey Together through America's Decaying midwestern suburbs We then have Films in the living room Uh, This is um, From David Keller Junior and it's a donk, a documentary about new england independent film luminary and boston underground film festival founder the late david keller we then have holy trinity a boston premiere and this is from molly hewitt it's a um about a queer dominatrix named trinity um Huffs the contents of a magic aerosol can And develops the ability to talk to the dead Hmm <laughs> I'm not sure uh, Yeah, that's probably the, the type of experience she was looking for uh, We then have It Comes Which is a New England premiere It's from Tetsuo Nakashima um, and it's, one day a visitor leads Hideki a memo of his unborn daughter's name, Chiza. Two years later, Hideki's house is attacked by a sinister presence. To protect his family, Hideka asks for help to perform a ritual to break an unknown spell. Also, having its world premiere is it cuts deep. This is from Nicholas Payne Santos. And um, while on Christmas vacation, a young couple contemplates their future together. Ashley is interested in getting married and having kids, which terrifies Sam. When the more attractive and paternal Nolan enters the picture, Sam's life spirals out of control as Ashley questions their relationship. Chaos reigns as Sam desperately clings to Ashley while fending off the threatening Nolan. Um, We have Jesus Shows You the Way to the Highway. This is a New England premiere. And it's from Miguel Lansu. CIA agents Palmer and Gagano are tasked with the mission of destroying a computer virus called Soviet Union. They enter the system using VR, but the mission turns into a trap. Uh, Making its East Coast premiere is Jumbo from Zoe Wittock. Jenna, a shy young woman, works in an amusement park. Fascinated with carousels, she still lives at home with her mother. That's when Jenna meets Jumbo, the park's new flagship, flagship attraction. Uh, making its East Coast premiere is a Lucky. Um, that's from Natasha Kamani. A suburban woman fights to be believed as she finds herself stalked by a threatening figure who returns to her house night after night. When she can't get help from those around her, she is forced to take matters into her own hands. Making its Boston premiere is Rose Glass's Saint Maud. Um, Yeah, so the debut film from writer-director Rose Glass, Saint Maud is a chilling and boldly original vision of faith, madness and salvation in a fallen world. Maud, a newly devout hospice nurse Becomes obsessed with saving her dying patient's soul But sinister forces and her own sinful past Threaten to put an end to her body Her um, holy calling uh, Yeah, this um, I saw this at the London Film Festival It is uh, very well put together um, We also have Shark Week Which is making its international premiere. And it's from Brie Provoc. Um, Lonely, burned out Billy Bernie loses his dog and skateboards around the city trying to find him. Throughout this sweaty summer day, Bill is repeatedly confronted with his past and those involved in it. Uh, We then have The Deeper You Dig, making its East Coast premiere from John Adams and Toby Poser. In the aftermath of a roadside accident, the line between the living and the dead collapses for a mother, a daughter and a stranger. Um, There's also The Passion of Darkly Noon which is making its world premiere 2K restoration. And it's um, from Philip Ridley. Darkly Noon, starring Brendan Fraser, is the sole survivor of a military-style attack on an isolated religious community. Stumbling through a forest in a daze, he is rescued by the free-spirited and enigmatic Callie. Played by Ashley Judd, Darkly finds himself feeling strange new desires for Callie as she nurses him back to health, only to watch her jump into the arms of her returning, non speaking lover, Clay. Played by Vigo Mortison. Lost in the woods with only his. Fundamentalist upbringing to make sense Of his unrequited Passions Darkly soon descends into Explosive and lethal Rage Um, And Also screening On its 30th anniversary Is The Riches The Witches from Nicholas Roeg A young boy stumbles onto A witch convention And must stop them Even after he has been turned into a mouse So yeah people That is it Um, Tickets will start going on sale From 2pm on Monday the 9th of March Um, That's individual tickets So uh, yeah Go to the um, link in the website In the episode details And all uh, the information, the links and whatnot will be there. Enjoy. Okay, so now you've had that, let's get to this week's reviews. Okay, people. VFW is the new film from veteran film director Joe Bigos. VFW for those that don't know stands for um, veterans of foreign wars of the US like it's the it's the largest and oldest war veterans service organization and that is where uh, this new film is kind of set right um well it's at a bar called VFW Uh, It was written by Max Braylor and Matthew McArdle. And the film, well, the film stars a host of veteran um, actors. Stephen Lang, William Sadler, Fred Williamson, Martin Cove, uh, George Wendt. Tom Williamson, um, David Patrick Kelly, uh, we've also got Sierra McCormick, um, Travis Hammer, and um, Dory Madison. Uh, so the um, the gist of the film is this. Okay, so... Um, the World bunch goes night of the living dead In a breakneck action blood blaster Set in the near future Where a designer drug is causing devastation Caught in a deal that goes horrifyingly wrong Innocent lizard flees to local VFW post Where war veterans begin The ferocious fight with a Deranged drug dealer And his relentless army of punk Mutants These Vietnam vets Have been to hell and back But tonight will be the longest Night of their lives Hmm Yeah Kind of crazy right Uh, Now I have to say uh, I I think the description is slightly Wrong (laughs) You're about the innocent lizard (laughs) Yeah, there's a few things that are I never understand why that always happens There's 99% of the time Those little blurbs, they are wrong They put stuff in there that is just a little misleading To what the film is actually about or happens And all of that, it's so bizarre but uh, yes, this is a, a crazy ass film Right, so it starts off with um all the gang going to the bar So they're in the bar, which seems like they're kind of regular haunt And this gets mentioned throughout the film that this is where... You know, when they all came back from Vietnam, they kind of congregated and, like, this is where they hang out. And there used to be more of them, but, you know, as time goes by and people die and fall by the wayside, you know, it's now just this core group. So, this is how it starts off, and our main character, who is um, Fred Paras... Played by Lang It's his birthday So everyone is there to try and Get him out Trying to get him to celebrate Have some fun Let his hair down And you kind of get the feeling that Fred is a bit of a curmudgeon (laughs) You know He he doesn't really Party You know Um, But tonight Things are gonna be Different And Fred is going to have the time of his life Uh, Which, yeah, it does seem to kind of work out like that Um, Probably not by intention Uh, Yeah, we'll say that So, yes, so, you know, it starts off with this party But then we kind of flash You know, it's kind of cut between these guys These are veterans And then these other Other group Of, um, miscreants You know, the, um Yeah They, they I guess, you know A lot of, uh Weirdo kind of drug dealers Um And I think it's led by Boz Uh so yeah, they they're, they're uh, we, it's, you never kind of get an idea of what kind of this is, right? Because, yeah, the blurb kind of goes these they're, they're punk mutants, but yet, we're never quite sure, like, what actually is kind of going on? Because you know Because we kind of get a sense that the drug dealers Are something maybe Possibly But yeah we don't know It's never actually no, it, Like nothing actually comes out and says But yes uh, So we got these guys And what we do know They're pushing this drug That seems to Definitely be making people Crazy And these people, uh, you know, once it seems you, you've you taken this drug, you are hooked. And so we've got a lot of crazy ass people jonesing for their next hit. And yeah, that's kind of the story. The storyline is... It's not complex, <laughs> you know. This this is not a uh, a film that you have to watch meticulously to pick up on the the tiny little hints and the elaborate uh weaving of a story. Because no, that's not what you're getting here. But yes, the the drugs go missing, and. Yeah, these people are out to get them back, which brings them into conflict with the army veterans who just want to go to a strip club, and yeah, all hell breaks loose, um, yeah, so, it is pre- it's pretty simple, um, you know, we get a lot of violence, a lot of gore. And, it, yeah, it plays up this kind of retro, um, kind of like an 80s, 70s, 80s B-movie. That's the kind of vibe that we're getting and it's playing. And, you know, if that's what you want, then this is is fine, it deals with it like that, right um it, there are a lot of dark scenes yo, so this film is, yeah it is kind of put together and we do get a lot of dark really, uh, yeah kind of scenes that were difficult to kind of see what was happening yo, yeah we're in these dark rooms, dingy alleyways, you know, people just going crazy and all of that. Uh yeah, which is, you know, it's a bit of a shame because we can't really pick up on certain things that are going down. Um I don't know if you know the darkness is fully intentional And it's just maybe a lighting Issue and you know what I mean Like maybe in the transferring From film To uh, You know digital it, it, You know it, it, in the Compression we've lost something I don't know But yeah the, the, There was definitely stuff that You miss and it's a shame um, But yeah we, we get this Crazy action you know, like I every mean, straight away you realize this is ott you know like this woman dies and the amount of blood that you see it's just a bit like oh okay but yeah that normally doesn't happen <laughs> but yeah okay we're doing it like that all right fine fine that's all right so yeah this over the top kind of production but Doing it in a way that gives you this throwback retro vibe Which is fine, you know what I mean? It kind of reminds you of those late night films on like Channel 4 and all of that, you know Which is enjoyable Um The dialogue is... Oof, the dialogue is ropey as hell <laughs> It is, yeah, is very ropey You know, like when, you know, like at the very beginning And we're just kind of building to the, you know, like, I don't know how long Like 40 minutes non-stop action kind of craziness Yeah, we got this dialogue and people were talking And it's just a little bit ropey A little bit wooden You know, it doesn't really flow But that's not the That's not the necessary The nature of What you're watching this film for You know, it's not for these nuanced conversations It's not for This Like Intimacy between the characters. You know? It it yeah, because all of that it's just a bit like, eh, okay, all right, fine. <laughs> let's just get to the action. Yeah, let's just get to the craziness. Um it's, yeah, you know, a lot of things that there's certain things that happen that you're just like, wait. No one says anything about that Like no one you know, It's just like what <laughs> What the hell is happening This is This makes no sense Makes no sense But you, you, you will give it a pass Just because of The ridiculous nature of the film Right Is if you want to just break it down uh, you know, and be like, ah, oh, you know, I want this type of film I want something, you know, that's like, um, I guess, when you're thinking of kind of mindless, crazy um, Like uh, 28 Days Later or, you know, uh, something on the lines of that Even like a bird box, you know, it it's not at those levels It's definitely not at those levels but it is, a, as I said, look, it's something that you can just switch off, watch, and be like, yeah, you know, it's kind of stupid, it's silly, you know, it's kind of fun, it passes the time. Um, yeah, because, it, like, it is kind of predictable. You can pretty much, you know, go, all right, I, this is probably going to happen. And, yeah, I guess these people are surviving, and this will happen, and, oh, someone's going to give a speech. And, yeah, we get Lizard, you know, doing the thing, and you're just like, really? Really? And everyone's just like, yeah, you know, they kind of give Lizard a pass. When Lizard fucked them all. <laughs> Lizard fucked them all. But no one brings it up. Like, and that's, that's this film. There's these type of films, no one brings up those elephants in the room. No one points out how a certain person screwed them all. You know, they just drink and be like, ah, yo, yeah, you, you know, you saved my life. No, you saved my life. Ah, oh, we're friends, yay. Yeah, that's this film, right? non, non uh, nonsense just foolish action. And look, if you want some weird, campy, violent just you know, simple basic action throwback then this is your film, right? And you you look at everyone involved. You look at all the crazy actors involved, and you look at all the crazy ass films they've been in. You know, <laughs> it it it, it kind of makes sense. Like Fred Williamson, all the black exploitation stuff that he's done. You know, Williams, like you just yeah, every, all these stuff, and the films like Joe Bigos makes, yeah, it kind of fits in. So, if you are a fan of that genre of stuff, of those campy, old, low budget, crazy ass action films that don't really make a lot of sense, but you can switch off and just enjoy. On that basic level Then yeah This is all you Right If you want something a little more nuanced You want something that's a little clever A little subvertive This ain't your film Okay So as long as you understand What you're going into It should be fine Like this isn't winning any awards But hey You come in late from the club you're, you're, you're still a little hyped You've got some takeaway with you There's some beers You know what I mean, the fridge You, you still want to just watch something For the next couple of hours Wind down to This can be your film, right This is that film This is when you throw this kind of thing on Okay So yeah, remember that people You're coming from the club You still want to You know what I mean just watch something, but you don't want to tax yourself. Yo, throw the F W on, and um, it will be. It's available to download now. Um, yeah, I I think um, I, yeah, I don't think it got, it went to the cinema. No, I I think it's just straight digital download, and so you can get it from all the usual places. You know what I mean? Yeah, Amazon's, um, your yeah, Google Plays, all of that. You will find this. Okay, so yeah, that is VFW from uh, Joe Bigos, written by Max brailer and Matthew Mc. Ardle, starring Stephen Lang, William Sadler, Fred Williamson, Martin Cove, uh, George Wendit, Tom Williamson, uh, David Patrick Kelly, Sierra McCormick, Dora Madsen, and Travis Hammer. Enjoy, people. Okay, so I finally got a chance to go see Bong Joon Ho's Parasite, which you know, like after all the talk, the Golden Globes, the Oscars, everything, it was just like, is this film as good as people say? Like, what? Why is why is there so much buzz about this film? So, in a weird, unprecedented move There were, like, all the recent showings Seemed to be audio described Now, I I was able to find out That in these screenings The audio description would also translate the t- subtitles Which, A that's golden man Do you know what I mean that, That's the best news Because it means I was able to go see it So I went with a friend You know what I mean It was a little celebration And um, yeah we went to uh, the Greenwich Picture House Great cinema Staff Amazing staff So helpful So great So yeah we rolled down to um check it out Now the, if you don't know, the gist of the story is this, okay? So the Kims, mother and father Chung Suk and Ki Tek, and their young adult offspring son Ki Woo and daughter Ki Young, are a poor family living in a shabby and cramped half-basement apartment in a busy lower working-class commercial district of Seoul. Without even knowing it, they, especially Mr. and Mrs. Kim, literally smell of poverty. Often as a collective, they they perpetrate minor scams to get by. And even when they have jobs, they do the minimum work required. Kiwoo is the one who has dreams of getting out of poverty by one day going to university. Despite not having that university education, Kiwoo is chosen by his university student friend Min, who is leaving to go to school to take over his tutoring job to Park Dae Hai, who Min plans to date once he returns to Seoul. And she herself is, a, is in university The Parks are a wealthy family Who for four years have lived in their Modernistic house designed by And the former resident of the famed architect Namgoon. While Mr and Mrs Park um, Are uh, away the Kims uh, They start to implement a plan Right They start to implement A plan And um, Yeah we get to um, Get to see what that Is So all right, I finally got to go see it And It was It was very interesting you know it was really interesting now the film it it kind of gave you some different visual looks some different visual effects which was nice you know what I, mean? I appreciated that uh and the story oh, like as as you might get from this you know what i mean like the family they're doing loads of different scams like loads of different scams and it's an it's an odd situation, right? Now when Kiwoo he gets his tutoring job and that's when everything kind of really kind of goes crazy because it's then how they use his job to improve their lives. Yeah, and, and so you're watching all of these things Now, the first two incidents, right, the first two things that happened The first two scams You can go, okay Okay, fine They're not necessarily hurting anyone Yeah, I, I can get with that one, right Now as part of the, the second scam Does go a bit further And you, you have to feel that The second part of that Is unnecessary You know It's unnecessary that it gets a little greedy But still It's like okay fine You're still not really hurting Anyone So alright we'll give you a pass We will give you a pass on that one but then things start to get a little nastier things start to get a little nastier with one thing and then with the se- and then on the fourth plan it's just like oh god damn whoa you pieces of shit and so that's what this is so it's like moral ambiguity you know it's like What's the line What is the line You are prepared to cross Now there's one bit Where um, Mrs Kim she's like If I had money I could be nice As well you know it's easy To be nice when you're rich Now To some extent You can think Okay yes I get what she's saying there You know I mean? because like when you When you have no Now look that's not Just because you've got money that, that it's not to say That other stuff isn't going on Right There's not mental Struggles or things like that But when you are financially solvent, It does take a lot of Pressure off you so you can You know there's a relief There's a comfortable feeling That you now have Because you can just Hey it, just the simple things right So just the simple things about like Getting a taxi home You can do that Without thinking Oh Am I going to be able to afford My train ticket to work Next week If I do this Yo, know, do I have money for dinner? Can I pay my rent if I do? Yo, know, no, you don't have to worry about that. You just book a holiday, and you don't have to sweat it. Yo, know, so it takes that pressure off. So when you have don't have those pressures, yeah, you can be a bit more relaxed. You can be nicer, but you know what I mean. It, I I kind of feel it's not just that, right? You're, if you' you're kind of like you're nice or you're not you know because even rich people can be pieces of shit so it and some of the poorest people are some of the nicest people but the Kims have this thing that hey the world has shitted on them and they're getting theirs and they will fuck with whoever. So they can get on top So we see this And you know it, It's not just about the scams It's like they're, they're kind of lazy They're just pieces of crap There's like There's situations now When you know They have the run of things And they, they're just using up other people's resources they don't care, they make a mess They're slovenly Yo, they're just Off-key people But The story takes A Crazy-ass turn Like Something happens As a kind of a repercussion To One of their scams It's the fourth scam, right? There's repercussions to that and the way events just suddenly shift it's like what <laughs> like huh what the hell has just happened here this is insane what and yeah the story really takes a turning and it's not in a like a bad way or anything like that it's crazy and you're watching it, and you're just like, who's the bad guys here? You know what I mean? Like, who are we rooting for in this instance? You know what I mean? And, and it lets you see these people, and it's just like, yo, none of these people are nice. I, literally, none of them are decent. Like we even see bits about the parks and you're just like, oh God, they're crappy as well, what the fuck is going on man, this is crazy, so events roll on, things now happen, like shit has escalated and you're just like, oh man, like this really didn't have to get to this point this is insane. This is just some crazy shit. So, it, it gets to this craziness. And then the the, the major escalation at the very end. The, there's a major escalation and things happen. And I have to say, right? You don't really mourn. You don't really mourn for any of the situations, right? Because none of the people are overly nice. No one's overly nice. Now, you can say that one person didn't even really deserve it. Because they weren't the person that made the, like, they had made the comment earlier in the film, but they hadn't done it at that time. But they paid. But, um, yeah, like, you, because when it happened, it's just like, you just, you're looking at these people and their actions throughout the film, and you're just like, well, there's no there's no redeeming qualities. Like there's nothing these people have done that make you think. Ah, oh, yeah, no, they they weren't bad. They were kind of decent. You know what I mean? Like every every one of them, you're just like yeah, kind of had it coming, right? Kind of pieces of shit. Yeah. So yeah, it's this weird situation. Um. Like. So, I liked the film I just thought it It was odd Like, the ending of the film Ending of the film was odd Like, really weird Because you're just like But, okay, but how did it happen? Right, so If, if, if this is to then take place How does that happen? I don't know, I don't know, because from where you see it, you're just like, well, yeah, these these people are this, and then it gets to this point, and you're just like, okay, well, yeah, they kind of tie it up with a bow a bit, hmm, alright, fine, whatever, whatever, so I feel the ending is a little anticlimactic, you know, and, and overall, as I said, look, I, I thought it was good, but I don't think it's this crazy, incredible thing, what it's been made out for, that that's the problem I had, now maybe it's because of hearing all the praise Hearing all the stuff that Then you watch it and it's just like oh, I don't know if it lives up to all of that it Could be that But when it originally came out There weren't the audio descri- Description um Screenings So it's that catch 22 Now the audio description That's a little odd That really is A little Like <sighs> There's You know, I've heard a few different types, right? Now, it all comes down to how much description they want to give Because too much kind of ruins the film, right? But too little doesn't paint a picture This one... It kind of flip-flopped between the two. Some there was some points when there was too much because they're describing everything, but then it's straight away into the dialogue. So you have this kind of weird overlap and it's just like, all oh, right, yeah, it's a bit it comes off a bit messy. And only there was only one guy doing the, the you know the the, the voices. And that was ah, uh, that was a little problematic and and the problem was biz his female voices were atrocious, they were really bad, his female voices were so goddamn bad, and like I don't know it it sounded like it was a white guy, right, and I kind of felt that. It would have helped with the flow of the film if we maybe had a Korean guy do the voices, you know, because you're not, like, a lot of times you're kind of thrown out of the film because the voices just really don't match up. And, like, you know, back in the day when you'd watch, like, the late-night films on Channel 4 or something like that. And, you know, they're dubbed, but the dub is out of sync. And the and the voice of the dub doesn't really match the people on the screen. That worked because it was so, so crazy. It was fun. You know, this... Because it's this big film So it, it, you know, it, it doesn't it Doesn't work on that level So you just Have these weird voices And yeah it's, It cre- helps create this Kind of disconnect between The audio and the film Then you've got sometimes Too much audio description Yeah I don't know It, it was definitely interesting I mean and listen right end of the day it did allow me to see the film so i ain't really too mad at it i just feel it's a bit of a shame you know what i mean it's just a bit of a shame that it wasn't a bit better than what it was you know, especially since the, all the awards this film got right so yeah that that part of me i just feel ah damn, they missed something there, but, um, yeah, overall, I ain't mad at it, you know? and I would go see another audio description film, because, yeah, now it's, oh, hopefully they do this for all kind of foreign films, because it then just, hey, just, you know, it, it makes it possible to see more, and just have different experience in the cinema, and that, that's a great thing, yeah, so, um, I don't know, if Parasite sounds like your kind of film, yo, go check it out, I'd say go check it out anyway, just because it is interesting, you know, because it's not a bad film, I just don't think it's this huge Oscar, crazy great film, but then again, a lot of the films that win Oscars, I don't really always rate, I mean I sometimes think they're good, but they're just not what everyone's gushing about. But yeah, parasite people. Okay, so now we've done the reviews, we're gonna get to something a little bit different. So be free media, they just recently finished their creative catalyst. Um project. So this was a um a series of workshops focused on film, spoken word, and virtual reality. It was a program that encouraged participants to transform their their ideas and learn hands on skills to build confidence in their creative process. Um, you know what I mean like be free? They've been. They've been around for a few years And They're focusing on inclusivity And um, You know what I mean Like Ensuring that people from the BAME Backgrounds Are included Within the whole Kind of film process But it is open to everyone You know It's, it's, It's really interesting So they had Um their kind of end presentation, you know, it was held at, um, oh gosh, where was it held? It was in Brixton, it was at the Ritzy, no, it was at the Brixton Library, my apologies, it was at the Brixton Library, Um, and I I went down there, I had the pleasure of talking with, Isaac Banton, he was part of this year's um, Creative Catalyst participants, and I spoke to I spoke to Mark Booth, who was the um, founder and creator of B Free Media. So, um, yeah, real interesting conversations, and um, the one with Mark could have gone on for hours. Yeah, so hopefully, we're gonna be able to speak to him later on. So, um, yeah, just um, hey, check these out, people, and then go to the um, the links in the but in the information. Um, so we we'll have links to um, B3 Media, so you can go check out what they do. All right, here you go. <laughs> Okay, so I'm here with Isaac. He's part of the whole Creative Catalyst project. Um, so Isaac, tell me about, um, how do you get involved with all of this?
2: Uh, this this was actually a thing my, one of my teachers came up and told me that I should just go and do. It was at first it was kind of just a little meeting where we watched uh, Roger, a poet, talk. And then, yeah, through that I kind of got into the Creative Catalyst program.
1: Right, so what was it about the program that you thought I'd like to be a part of that?
2: Uh, mainly it was kind of like the filming aspect because the whole thing is about building a career and getting a career in filming, directing, and one of those sort of jobs. And I was like, yeah, I'm really interested in that. So I kind of just went for it.
1: <laughs> okay, good stuff. And so, with, because there was the free, I saw there's the free projects, mm-hmm. right? How were you, what did you do with those pieces of work? How did you, um, you know, participate?
2: Oh, for participating, for my one, it was kind of about a local bookshop. There's not many nowadays. So participating is, we kind of came up with the story and then we had to plan how we was going to do it, which shots we were going to use. So you don't just want like a shot, since it's 360 as well, you wouldn't want a shot that's right next to a wall. So when you're turning, there's going to be a wall right in your face. Mm. It's kind of just about just planning all of that and making sure everything works perfect.
1: Okay, so what was the learning curve like, you know, trying to figure out like those best shots for 360 and, you know, the lighting and just everything like that?
2: Yeah, one of the learning curves, the hardest one, was kind of trying to not be in the way. So you have to kind of play hide-and-seek with the camera and hide behind corners so that you're not shown when, when you're looking at it through the uh, phone. Because you can twist your phone and see everything that's happening on the 360 camera. And then there's also this thing called splitting, where if you're on either side of the camera, uh, basically it kind of just messes up the image. So, yeah, right. we have to really keep that in uh play when we were filming it.
1: Okay interesting now it's all done right so you finish the course what happens now man like where are you gonna go where are you gonna take this
2: this uh well i've got two main things where i want to go and that's either into filming or animation mainly i want to do animation because i like drawing i do art and design and yeah uh I just kind of want to push myself to go into animation. I might do some more 360 work because I enjoyed it as well. Probably do, like, try and get into some games designing and, and stuff like that, yeah.
1: Okay. But, um, like, film work and animation, like, what's your path to entry? Like, how do you think you're going to, you know, get into that?
2: Uh, mainly, I just want to go through, after this, I've finished this, want to go into uni and kind of just push myself in that direction and see if there's any openings there. Or one of the uh, mentors that we have probably show me a way in.
1: Okay, so what are you gonna do at uni?
2: Me, uh, Yeah, that's animation what I'm doing at uni, definitely.
1: Okay, any particular style of animation?
2: Yes, 2D animation is what I'm mainly into. Uh, yeah, simple. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay no that, that's that's all good man that's all good like what are the inspirations like your outside influences on all of this like what got you interested in film what got you into interested in animation
2: uh, so uh one of my main inspirations is Ridley Scott his movies like Blade Runner and Alien are really movies that I love to watch and just look at in general like they're pleasing to the eye and then animation uh you got things like mainly I like Dragon Ball Z and then there's The old-time Disney movies, I don't really like the 3D animation that they use, so yeah, just like the old-school ones like Hercules and all of them there, that really inspired me to get into drawing and whatnot.
1: Okay, so is there an animator, um, an artist whose kind of style probably influences your work the most?
2: Uh, yeah, he's a Japanese animator. His name is uh, Mitsu Itsu and he kind of does like his animation is 2D, but he makes it really look like it's like uh, mm. real life animation in the way he draws because he does like each frame. He makes sure it's key frame and I really like that style.
1: Okay, and this, this is the thing, right? With art, a lot of times, you know, especially at the beginning, you, you definitely mimic your uh, inspiration, yeah. but it, it, sometimes it's trying to find your own voice and getting a, away from that a little bit. Like, are you very cognitive of that? That, you know, your stuff may imitate Itsu's work? Like, does that, how do you view that side of things?
2: Yeah, coming up, trying to create your own style so you're not just called like a mini itzu. Uh, I think that's really hard for me to do personally because I want to just literally just take his style and use it as my own. But yeah, trying to create my own style, I think that's something I'll develop later down the line. Mm.
1: Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, how regularly do you draw?
2: Me. <laughs> I do drawings like every day, I'm just drawing. Like, if I had a book and paper right now, I'd probably be drawing in it now.
1: Okay, like, are you doing anything with that? Like, any, like, you know, comics or, you know, things like that that you can just put out there?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, I do a bunch of, like, mini-comics. I never put them out, though. <laughs> I can't just keep them to myself, but, yeah, I'm doing a bunch of little sketches and I do my little stories every now and again.
1: Why not put them out there, man? That's content. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's content, man. Right? Like a, a daily web, you know, comic that you're putting out there. That, that, could, that could be cool. That could work.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's mainly just the confidence thing Because I'm like, people might not like it So I keep it to myself But yeah, I should keep putting them out there
1: Yo, don't care Like, why do you care what people think? Yo, like, this is prime time for you You know what I mean? Because this is your early days Like, no one knows you, right? So you can do whatever you want But you're just finding your voice now So it's like, do it now and then you know what I mean? It's, you've got that freedom and you can see your growth. <laughs> like just go do it. It'll be fun, man. Have fun with this shit. <laughs> yeah, I
2: think I would, you know, just start putting them out there now. But yeah. Yeah, it's like
1: it's, this is your you know like this is your introduction to things. This is you putting your name out there. So the more stuff you do, you know, what I mean? the more things you put out there. That's your portfolio, as it were. You know, because like you go somewhere looking for work, they don't know you, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you have content, if you have stuff, and especially if you can say, yeah, I do this every day, every week, every, it shows your determination, it shows your ambition to be a part of this thing and grow. You know, so that's how these things can probably benefit you, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely man. I hear what you're saying. Uh, like so do you so you you have that like um the on the animation side. Like what other things do you use to kind of inform what you do? Uh, you
2: mean like teaching how do I learn? Like um,
1: you know, just stuff that you watch, things that you go to, just other kind of outside influences that kind of, you know, you bring to the work that you do.
2: Mm. Maybe <laughs> mainly it's just YouTubers. Like you can find almost anything on the internet now, innit? So When I want to be influenced, myself, I'll be like, okay, let me look at some old time movies, like Seven uh, Samurai, outside and then I'll kind of get, that helps with composition and whatnot. Mm. These movies, yeah. So like I look at old movies or just people who've got like a distinct style, and I'll try and copy that into a drawing. And that's what I'll be doing.
1: Okay, and the stories that you want to tell.
2: They range from anything from, like, comedy to horror to uh, romantic and science fiction. Yeah, just all of it. I love all of it.
1: All right, man. That's golden. <laughs> yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, don't put yourself in a box, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: All right, fair. So, fr- next week. Yeah, yeah, let's just go, man. Next week, what are you doing?
2: Next week, yeah, I'm definitely going to be putting out my work now. Huh? Like, just pushing out everything I've got. And, yeah, working really hard. Try to get some new equipment to do my better animation. Because right now I'm using Flash. But it ain't really too good to be animating. With. Yeah.
1: Okay. And. Um, yo, what do you want to tell the people, man? Like, you know what I mean? Like, have you got social media? People to follow you at? Or like. Hey. W- or. You know, your call to action. When are people probably going to see your work out there? <laughs>
2: hey, you go follow me at Isaac Benton. That's my Insta, yeah that's it just that and yeah <laughs> just follow me there my work when it comes you'll see it <laughs> all
1: right man well all success for you Ryan. Thanks, man. like yeah i hope it all turns out well thanks okay so i'm here with mark booth the founder of b3 media so mark How did all of this come together? What made you think of putting this Creative Catalyst course together?
0: Well, um, thanks for uh, taking time to to meet. Um, The idea uh, came out of... um, It was a natural progression of the work we... I've been doing over several years as an organization supporting black and minority ethnic talent creative talent. and uh, we've been running a program called Talent Lab for mm. six years. And when we started, we knew nothing about labs or running them, but it was something that we just um, believe them, largely because um, the ethos of 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 three has been you know, make work, not excuses. And and the thing which for me was uh, really telling was I I came I suppose a secret. The mixing, if you want to call it that, is that I kind of came into the arts and film through the side door. In that I, I didn't go to film school, I didn't go to art school. Mm. So everything I've learned in terms of creative arts and producing and so on has, has all been trial and error. And I, my background is in tech software. Okay. But the, the the connection, and to come to your point, the connection really for me has been about problem solving, mm. and you, when you look at creative arts and and projects, having the idea is one thing, but then figuring out how to piece it together yeah. and making it happen is something else, and then it's. So it's the thing where many of my friends who are in the arts and some are you know different levels, I can never understand when you have a conversation or oh, well, you're working on the blah and it's oh I'm working on this script or I'm doing blah 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 and then you meet them four weeks later and it's like, how's it going? And they go, Well, you know, this and that but it hadn't really moved forward Mm. and and it was like well what happened and it was oh there's always an excuse or someone to blame that you know why this thing hadn't moved forward so again I was always sort of figuring out in my mind well okay well you have an idea and you kind of come up with something so I came up with my own project which was to launch a film festival I'd never done one before and that and for me, it was a challenge in doing something that I've never done mm-hmm. in a field where I knew nothing. <laughs> but then my, I, I knew I was passionate about film. And for me, the inspiration was uh, she's got to have it along films like that, you with me. And so from this humble idea, I, I, with some friends, we formed a, a group which, it, out of which the festival started, it was a success but not overnight. Yeah. And then we, we went our separate ways and I continued with it. That became a thing called Nubian Tales, which, for, if you're old enough, uh, you'll know that it's one of the few black film spaces, showcases of film in the West End mm. at the Prince Charles. So I started that. And that was, you know, was originally going to just go for a few weeks. Then it went for several months, and then ended up running for at least six years, six, seven years. And ended up maybe showing films to maybe over a hundred thousand people of color. We ended up running a film marketing company, working on major releases of black film cinema. But in in helping other artists and filmmakers, I was able to understand the issues that they were facing. Mm-hmm. And that really gave me insight into what then became V3. And, and so, in a way, we, from the festival, we then ended up showcasing short films. Because you know, filmmakers would say, oh, I just made this film can we show it? So we'd show it in front of a feature film and we were amazed that they were just getting a buzz from having their film shown. So it's like, well why don't we just do more that? Let's just do it as a thing to help them out. So anything that we've done that has later become successful has always started from the premise, how can we help someone with this solve a problem? And so with, with the I do talent Lab. Talent Lab came out of our shorts program, we were producing short films. And the workshops came out with the simple fact that many of the scripts that we were getting weren't well written. And yet, when we were trying to find people who were in the, in the industry that knew that, that, were, that looked like us, We couldn't find anything Mm. Mm. (laughs) so it was like wow (laughs) so again it's a problem how do you solve it so let's learn it so yeah we've got a few books McKee's, script like you know the classic books uh, thinking wow this isn't rocket science (laughs) so you know and i've got some friends who were in the industry uh, that were able to share with me. Some of the documents that they use, and by then i figured figuring out, okay. Then you know I get one or two people to work with us, and you know to help us figure it out. And then before we knew it, we were we were helping filmmakers of color with their scripts, and then slowly, within two years, guess what? They're getting shortlisted. They're getting awards to get their films funded from the same people that rejected them mm-hmm. two years earlier. And then they would come back and say, Well, actually, what you did really helped out. And then work would spread. And they'd come back and say, Oh, you helped my friend with blah, blah, blah. Oh, we heard that you do blah, blah, blah. Cool. And I said, Okay, yeah. So from doing scripts, and they're like, Okay, then producing, and then from that, you know, we produced Bullet Boy with uh, Ruth Kaler, work, yeah. with Ashley Waters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, exact, probably now well over 150 short films just simply just helping out, mm. you know. And it was really then about the confidence thing, where we'd worked with filmmakers and artists, and the pattern was, for some who had been in a game for a while but missed that moment, but then, or something happened where a project that they put their heart and soul in, didn't really do what they were hoping, mm. but in the course of going through the pains and doing that, it broke them. So yeah. their confidence just yeah, 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 yeah. crashed and burned. And again, it's like, wow, you know, and, and you know, I, I, listen, I like to listen to what people are saying, but really listen, you know what I mean? And I'm thinking, wow, there's a pattern here. And on one level, you can blame the funders, you can blame, but then it's like, well, for me, yeah. you know, getting knockbacks and everything is part and parcel of
1: getting through. I think it definitely is. But I don't think people always talk about it. You know what I mean? Because you, you, the amount of times you see, oh, new person on the block, and they, and they come and be like, oh yeah, I was spotted on the street, and uh, now I'm here, and no one ever goes because that's not the real story yeah. The, the, yeah. the the real story is you yeah. went to auditions you yeah. tried you got knocked back you got t- right. you were told you're not right. good enough you're right. told oh there's no roles for you right. Right. oh you should change this you should do this right. but no one really talks about that
0: that's so
1: idea. i think everyone expects to oh i write this and then i'll get work and right. i'll get this and i'll do but and then you get the not back and you're like wait what yeah. that's not how leo talked about it
0: correct,
1: correct. and so they, yeah people's confidence then just boom yeah. crash
0: no it's it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant point and sorry and to speak to that directly and again to answer the question is that um well i mean that, that is a session in itself talking about that <laughs> but but to bring it down into reality and and, and keep it concise we have been, yeah, I'm saying one of the first organizations to you know, uh, work with a whole amazing array of uh, black independent filmmakers who uh, we've run these sessions where they, when we were marketing their films, gave us a chance to write Spike Lee, Hughes Brothers, Nelson George, a you know, whole array of Julie Dash, Dawson of the Dust, Gurima, you know, some amazing, influential filmmakers that we were able to get them to give talks, Q&As, where they would break down how they did it. And, nice. and in every case, when you heard their story, the struggles, all of the setbacks, how, you know, in some cases, the racism that they faced, mm-hmm. in getting those stories made, you realize very quickly shit doesn't happen overnight. And that the work ethic that they all of them had um, in order to stay in the game. You see what I'm saying? I mean Spike, we 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 you know we we've done you know workshops and not workshops you know QA uh events with him at, at the ritzy and, and we packed out and and you know the question with me Spike man how how are we, how are you gonna help us to set up? You know, uh, get uh, and 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 fight with be, Well, you wanna do it for you. Mm. I can't. It's not. You know. It's not yeah. for me. I mean, you know. Some people were like, "Mad." Because they said, well, "Well, but you've already made it. What about us?" But what he was saying, you gotta start here. You you gotta start. Build your thing, yeah and, 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 and again it took time for you to understand or even overstand what that really meant that you know for us to do something that has a um, black British perspective in storytelling um, but then the confidence in you know, again, we come back to that, the confidence to actually you know, take that idea and run with it from a point of view that is culture, reflects our culture. and that was the reason why I decided to stop New Me Tales, because while we, it was successful, while we were doing some amazing and innovative things. Many of that was through African-American films. And my question was, well, when are we going to do... yeah, I, you know, I wasn't seeing the films that reflected the culture that I knew growing up here. Mm. And so my thing was, why? And again, more and more I, I got into this and producing I could see, and um, came across filmmakers, where we would have to work double hard with them, in, and in many cases, oh, helping them gain the confidence and get back in the game before we could even really work on the thing that they came with, the to us mm. with, you yeah, see what yeah. I'm saying? And, th- and that, that was something where it's like saying, wow, you know. So in a way, the, the labs, was, was a way where we could take a 360 approach in working not just with the heart, the passion for the, 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 the idea, but it's also saying this is a business, do not be fooled. Mm. You know, you, and, it, and, and in order to understand how to work within that business, you need to understand the rules like the rules of the game, you can't just say you're going to play a game and play it differently when you don't understand the rules to the game, the dominant game that's being played, you see what I'm saying? How does that work? And, And on the end it's like well do you really understand the business of film because you know that in understanding it and understanding what people do what companies actually spend money and where they spend their money and what it is they're looking for, you realize it's a marketplace, mm. so therefore, in a way, you've got to meet them part way with something that they want that's connecting with what you want yes <laughs> and and so so that really was the genesis of this model that we evolved, and working with mentors, experts in the field to we you know now reach a point where. Certainly with talent about uh, over 200 filmmakers I and mean, most important. And artists, and some of them have now gone on to win awards, nominated for baffles in their own right, whether it's film, TV. They've also, and this is the important point, Keith, is that they're applying to schemes and funding in areas that two years ago they wouldn't even have had the confidence to apply but they're actually winning, they're actually getting those awards and get their projects made. Mm. And, and, the, and that really is testament to their shift, you see what I'm saying? And, and again, the confidence and transformation that they have themselves over time worked on. But here's the thing, I mean, with Lab, each group, each cohort comes together, we work as teams because we, we, we say from day one, we're not on the X Factor Live. You know, it's about us working, helping each other. So even though you've got your project, I've got my project, how are we gonna to work together to
1: figure this out? Yeah, I mean, it's the only way to survive. Yeah. You know, if, if, if we don't come together, this that's the thing, right? You look at other groups and they work together. They work together and you can see, yeah, they're flourishing. But it's a weird thing within the community at times. People don't work together. They climb the ladder, kick the ladder down. Because they're like, I'm here, I don't need you you getting in the business and taking away my shine. So I, I think it's really important that you're doing this. You know, essentially it's a nursery. You're growing this talent, you're, you're kind of creating an environment for them to flourish and find themselves. And that's great, man.
0: I mean, you know, I don't want to take credit for the creative genius of the, the talent we work with. I would say in a very simple way that we, at best we try and provide a safe space mm. where talent can break bread support each other Talk in, a, in real talk about giving positive feedback or feedback in a way that's constructive even when they may not want to hear it and, and, and uh, time and time again when we've worked with talent or when they've come on the programs and the first development week which is intensive because you're going we, we go we work on the inside as well as out and they come away from the, the, the week and they say that this is the first time they've been in a space where they can talk without having to explain. Yeah. But they can talk and feel that they're talking with people that are like them, that are going through and understand, you, you and me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like wow, because for me, that was the, the dream. But then when they're actually saying it time and time again, you feel, yeah. So, in a way, you know, the idea of these minds coming together... and I mean, here's the, here's the amazing thing. That m- Once they've completed... Because um, when they finish, some are selected to get through to the final. Not everyone makes it, and we clear from the beginning. But then, you know, some become associate artists of B3, and they, they, they win a bursary of a thousand pounds each to develop a pilot, mm-hmm. script, or whatever. And, and they go on, year to year later, you may get an email saying, oh, this has happened, that's happened. You're like, wow, you know. I mean, like Roger Robinson, re, you know, poet, uh, brilliant writer, uh, just won recently, he came up to uh, 2014. He just won the, T.S. Eliot Award for Poetry, it's a major award, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? And, but what was great, he came back as a mentor, mentoring on Creative Catalyst, literally, like, weeks after winning the award. Nice. You see what I'm saying? Right here, in Brixton. And, and we have other mentors who are doing some amazing things. Now, now all of them come back, you know, they like saying, you know, l- I'll let you know when I can make time. Not a problem. Mm. And, and so for us, it was like, what, how can we take what we've learned from talent lab, but then if we can instill some of the teachings to young people in, you know, in a way that doesn't talk down, doesn't lecture, treats them as equals, but makes them responsible for their stuff from day one. Yeah. What would happen? And the result is catalyst. And what was great was like, we would send emails and get no response, you know, tech, you know, so you'd have to send an email and send a text on top of saying, Man, this is wrong. So when we met with the group the first time, we said, okay, guys, great to meet you. You're all here, amazing. We need to get real. Here's why. How long? for those of you that responded, great, thank you. But for the most of you who didn't, here's why it's an issue. If, it's, if you're going to develop that pattern, you're going to lose out on opportunities, not because you weren't good, because you didn't bother to reply. Mm. So for every spot that is out there, you've got 10, 20 people that are going for that same thing. Who do you think is going to get it? So when you break it down in that way, they realize, ah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're not beating them up or letting them make them feel guilty or guilt trip them. You're just saying, OK, this is how we got along together. This, if we say we're going to meet on a certain time, that's the time we want you to meet. So from day one, so we're, we're, we're working on, on something. Guess what? They rock up on time or they message you and say, I'm running late, or I've got you know, commitments at home with family, blah, blah, blah. But they, they you know, so right there, the mindset in, within two weeks, complete shift. Then we're working with the mentors, mentors working with them, breaking down stuff, and say, look, the fact that, well, you're here now, let me tell you something, I was exactly where you were a few years ago. And they're like, well, oh. <laughs> mm, mm. And right there, they seeing someone that not only looks like them, but also can relate to them on a completely different level. So, And that's even before we've actually done the creative stuff. Yeah. So, when so now, when, we, when we're now ready to break down, so we're running two things in parallel. You know, the mindset around how to organise yourself, how to focus your mind around your practice, and I'm just asking you. You're saying, right, where do you see yourself in three years? Write that down. Mm. So we have an exercise for everyone at the beginning that they write a letter to their older self, five years from now. And then when we show it to them at the end of the thing, they're like, "It's transformational," mm-hmm. because they they've already realised they're woke in. Thinking, wow, I know I know now what it is I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and and the fact that no one's actually asked me this before. And I'm able to talk to someone who understands me but can share with me what they've gone through,
1: but how they're figuring it out. Yeah, I, I think sometimes as well it's you you sometimes those questions have been asked, but you don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, Because it's asked from someone who you don't really feel is invested in you and it's just lip service. But when you realise the importance of things, the impact of things, it then brings a clarity to what you are doing and what you need to do. There
0: and go. And, and, and I, th- I think running, you know, the creative... Mindset is 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 an interesting one because the way the media portrays it is like it's like overnight it's you know it's like they see they see the finished product they don't really really do they see what goes behind that the toil the setbacks and think but also the, how you bounce back how you pick yourself up you know the idea of fall down. Four, now seven get up eight yeah you know yeah what what does that mean and, and and how you overcome those things and how you deal with fear in a way that you can use it in a in a smart way to f- help you move forward and as you may have seen from uh, the, the presentation you know every one of them stepped up. Mm. And if you'd have seen them like six weeks ago, it would have been different, but what was great, everyone went up and owned it. Everyone was able to, to say something, gave the other person space, handed it over, and, and, and they shared them once as a unit, and even yeah. when they were filming. We had something happen on set, when they shoot the off in cabin and Broke, we sorted it out. No, you know, no one died, you know? <laughs> and we said, this is what happens. What's the plan? We came up with a plan, we said, "Right, right, we'll be back tomorrow to finish. Every one of them turned up on time to finish. <laughs> you know, so, <clears> so, so, so it, you know, it, it, so it's a thing where, man, you know, it's the same when we create playing it, It's not, look, none of this is new. As you, and as you rightfully said, you know, it, you know, it's whether the trick really is about catching them at the right time when they're ready to take on yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And, the, and oftentimes because you know, grown-ups, mentors maybe have not, for different reasons, um, Have connected with them at the right time, in the right way, at the right place, where they are in their journey, that even when it you know things were said, it probably didn't really understand but that's okay I mean I'm hoping with 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 the program that we can it will evolve it will change my my, my, my dream really would be that is something which our B 3 alumnus will take on a run without me. Yeah. Because, it, you know, I, you know I, I'm, I, I think there is, from, you know, in terms of my role in all of this, it's really about doing myself out of a job. And if I can do that, then I've done something really good and positive. And, and really, you know, coming full circle. Um, that's why we do what we do. That's why we've, with Talent Lab, we've kept that going, even though it's been tough. But, you know, when, when we get an email just out in the blue from someone that shared, you know, artists we've worked with, whether it's recently or two years, and say, by the way, this has happened. And it started with you guys you know, it's taken me this long, but I wanted to to share the news. Mm. And you're like, wow, you know. And I think, you know, it's, Keith, we're we're in very interesting times right now, you know, culturally, politically, economically. And I think it's now times like these where artists, creatives are needed that they can, they can shine a light, share stories about who we are now in a way that's gonna inspire people to move forward. That's it. No, I, I,
1: look, I think what you're doing with this is great. You know, There wasn't this kind of thing when I was a kid, and I really wish there was. So it, it's great that you're doing this, but it's like, man, I, I kind of feel there's so many things we could talk about right now. But, um, you know, I I realise we've got time constraints. But, um, look, I'm going to put all the information, so your social media website links in the episode um, information, but is there anything else you want to let people know about before we go?
0: We're we're always doing stuff, and and, and if anyone's interested in the work that we do, I mean, it's on the website, b 3 Media net um, have a look um, projects past projects you know they the next labs will announce those hopefully by April um, and yeah it, it's not we're, we're we're just trying to do something positive that's helping hopefully going to help move things forward and there are many other organizations that equally trying to do that as well. So you know, it'd be remiss of me to try and portray what we're doing as like the only thing we're, we're not. But, you know, we, all, it, all I would say is that, as, you know, that there, there are so many creative leaders out there without, that don't know that they're leaders. And, and, and certainly today, what was really inspiring was to see a group of young people owning that space. Yeah. And that, that, for me, and, 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 and it's also diverse. You, know, you have black and white working together, you know, and in a way where there's unity, you see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And that, for me, you know, when you read about a lot of negative stuff in the media about how young people are portrayed, it's, you know, moments like today where you realise, wow, you know, there is hope yeah. and, and, and hopefully if they themselves complain about what they've worked forward to inspire their, their peer group or you know n- young creators coming up that they meet it's going to be amazing you see what i'm saying and, and and so that that's what we're trying to do try and pay it forward pure and simple thank you
1: That's great man And um, hopefully we can have uh, more conversations about this It's been really interesting Thank you for your time Okay people Hope you've enjoyed everything in this week's episode So we're going to just hit a little bit of news before we bounce Um, So Uh, It looks like Sony is um, looking to add another film to their small Marvel mini-universe of films You know, they've got Venom, Morbius is just about to come out um you know, they attempted to do a um black cat and um silver sable film but that's kind of been shelved. There's talks of a Craven the Hunter one and a Silk one. But they've just hired Robert Oki to uh write a new entry to all of this. No title has been announced, other than they've said um, it will be a, um, a new character from a different part of the Marvel Universe. Which is interesting because it's got to be a part of the Marvel universe that is connected to Spider-Man. Otherwise, they couldn't use a character. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's intriguing. And then also, do they have sole use of this character? I don't know. But yeah, that is happening. Um. Yeah, so Disney are making a new Peter Pan film. Uh, they've hi they've got um Alexander Maloney and Eva Anderson who will be playing um the you know the characters of Peter and Wendy. Um you know the film is based on um you know JM Barry's original Book, you know, and um, you know Disney have already gone to this place with their um, 1953. God damn, it was that long ago, man. Their um, animated Peter Pan film, which was pretty awesome. Uh, David Lowry is going to be directing this. Um, he, he did Pete's Dragon a few years back and he's got The Green Knight um, and the film was written by, um, uh, well it will be written by uh, Lowry and Toby Holbrooks so I don't know. It could be interesting. We have gone to that world a lot, so who knows? All right. So this is interesting because I didn't know it was gonna be a thing. Um, but they're uh, they're remaking Scream. Well, not so much remaking it, but they're kind of um, I don't know, reimagining it. Yo, the original film came out in 1996 Um, And this technically will be the fifth in the series But, uh, yeah, they're going to make a new screen Uh, And supposedly it follows a woman returning to her hometown To try and find out who has been committing a series of vicious crimes Uh, So, um They've got Matt Bettinelli Olpin And Tyler Gillette Uh, So yeah They're going to be directing this uh, For Spyglass Um, No word On you know When they're going to try and get into production Or anything like that But yeah That is on the docket Now, I kind of feel the biggest news this week, really, has been all the, um, yeah, all the, all the pauses, man, like, all the films that were due out and that have been, like, cancelled and pushed back, so... We've got, um, Disney, they've done it with Mulan, um, The New Mutants and Antlers, uh, then you've got other studios that have done this, so, um, Obviously, you know, I think last week we talked about No Time to Die being pushed back But we've also got the, um, the next Fast and the Furious film, F9, the Fast Saga That's being pushed back The Lovebirds, Peter Rabbit 2 and A Quiet Place 2 Yeah, all of those are um, delayed I think Fast and the Furious is delayed a year Um, Yeah, I mean We know No Time to Die is November I'm not quite sure on the others But yeah, and Disney haven't um, Stated when, you know Mulan Mutants and Antlers will drop They're just going to be looking at the schedule But uh, it kind of seems that the end of the year Could be pretty damn busy With um, films So we've got that also
2: Um,
1: I know in the US They are um, Cutting audience sizes in screens So I think it's Regal Cinemas and AMC So they're cutting audiences to 50% I think in Ireland they've done the same And they're trying to space people out You know, social distancing But yeah people It's crazy times man It's crazy times But that is it people And um, yeah we'll see you next week And we'll be on time next week Next Thursday Alright cool Peace